0: So you should be doing things like reaching out to people. You need to be proactive. I find that women in general, women, especially mompreneurs, are very passive when it comes to their business. They don't want to come off as being aggressive or they don't want to come off as being salesy. They don't want to come off as being not genuine. And that's fine. That's all great. But at the same time, if you're not being your biggest fan for your business, nobody else is going to do it for you.
1: Hello, welcome to the Linda Mendible Show, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendible. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great.
0: Thank you for having me on.
1: Yes, So, Allison, tell us a little bit about you and your journey and tell us what made you start this business that you have and your background, you know, your story.
0: Sure. So prior to doing this, I taught college level art for 10 years. I thought that was going to be what I did until I was 65 and then I would retire and then I would do what I wanted to do with my life. And six months pregnant, I got laid off. I had realized when I got laid off that that job was one of the major things that defined me. So when I got laid off, I lost that huge part of myself. So it was a huge blow to me Like as an individual. I had a really hard time with it. So I gave myself that time. I had my son. And six weeks later, I decided I'm going to start a fitness business. And I realized that's a complete 180 from art. But I had been active my entire life. I ran... Track from second grade all the way through college, and fitness was this huge other side of me that I had. So, I started an online fitness business because I could, you know, work with my son at home. I could stay home and work with him and have this whole other side of me. I loved that business. I did that for about two years. And during that two years, I was dealing with postpartum depression. I, you know, was dealing with that loss of. Myself as an individual through that loss of that job. And it was a really big time of growth for me. Priorities changed like 100%. I'm a completely different person than I was then because of that experience. During that time I was building that business, you know, I would meet with these women and I would work with them and, you know, they'd lose inches and pounds and that was great. But I never really got excited about that. What I got excited about was when they would invest in themselves and when they made like those lifestyle changes and when they you know, they took a chance and they did something that was out of their comfort zone and they like crushed it. That's what really got me excited. So as I got to know these women I was working with, I would start talking about business and every single one of them, whenever I would start talking about business would be like, you really love talking about business. And I was like, I do. I really do. I love talking about nerdy things like Facebook ads and like target audiences and conversions and things like that. I love that. So It was through those women saying that to me and then them making those changes in their lives that empowered them that helped me to transition into business coaching. So when I coach women now, I work primarily with mompreneurs because I think we get each other really well. I work with women who their business just isn't a business to them. It is they're part of their life. There's no hard line between work and and pleasure. Like there's no hard line between personal life and business life. It's very blended because you're raising your kids, you're raising your business. Everything's kind of muddy and yucky and you have to figure it out. That's what I love. Like I love the figuring it out thing. I love taking someone's schedule and tweaking it and twisting it and eliminating things and adding things and helping them to figure out how to raise a business while keeping their sanity and raise their kids at the same time. So I love that juggling act. I love that. So that's where I am now.
1: What would you say is the number one pain point that you hear from these women that you work with?
0: I think it's time because I think that's something that all mompreneurs are trying to figure out. And I know that was a huge part for me when I first started my business. I was raising my infant son. I was trying to raise a business. And, you know, when you're up all night because your kid won't sleep and then you're supposed to go meet with these people to work with them. It could be taxing. Figuring that out, like figuring out the balance, figuring out what I'm supposed to do every day, even if I'm only working for two hours a day, like what do I need to do? Like getting crystal clear in all of that. So I think that's the major pain point that I hear women talking about is like, what am I supposed to do with two hours of work? And how will that move me forward? So I think it's like time management, scheduling, things like that.
1: Yeah, I know. I can completely understand that. That's something that we are trying. We don't have a 100 maybe, but hey, we figure out what best works for us. I know for me, I figure out what naturally comes. That's one of the things that I've done. When you take their schedule, what is it that you see that they're doing wrong within their schedule?
0: They're doing things that don't really matter. They're spending 30 minutes compiling the most perfect Instagram post. That's great. And that's wonderful. But at the end of the day, that's not really revenue producing. It's more of an attraction marketing type of deal. So you should be doing things like reaching out to people. You need to be proactive. I find that women in general, women, especially mompreneurs, are very passive when it comes to their business. They don't want to come off as being aggressive or they don't want to come off as being salesy. They don't want to come off as being not genuine. And that's fine. That's all great. But at the same time, if you're not being your biggest fan for your business, nobody else is going to do it for you. So figuring out what reaching out looks for you and how to do that while still feeling good, like not feeling icky yourself. And I know for a lot of women, there are Afraid to reach out, like they're afraid to talk about their business. Yeah, yes, yeah, like that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, everyone deals with that to a point, for sure. But you have to keep in mind that you you're the one who has to make this work. You're the one that is doing it day in and day out. And if you're not being your own biggest fan, nobody else is going to do it for you.
1: What would you recommend? entrepreneurs to do or anyone actually in business I'm sure if they're first starting out and they feel icky and they feel like they can't reach out do you take them down a list on what they should do or what would you recommend a top
0: three or top five I think they should start their own Facebook group because that makes you the expert in the room it's your group these people are coming there because they like what you have to say I think Facebook groups are the game right now so let's go into
1: Facebook groups I have one and everything like that, but I'm not a master at Facebook, I, I will say. So with the Facebook group, how would you say, I know that you say that the expert, how would you say that they structure it?
0: So it depends on the person. In general, you need to show up. So you need to make sure that people know that you know what you're talking about. So you need to post at least once a day during the week. If you don't want to post on the weekends, that's fine. But at least once a day during the week, just check in with people. You know, if you're exhausted that day and you're you're just not feeling it, just say, hey, I'm exhausted today and I'm not feeling it. What do you guys do on days where you feel like this? Always ask questions and engage with your people. Those are people in your tribe. They've decided to join your group because they like to hear what you have to say. So show up for them every single day. Wow. Yeah. Or you could, if you want to do this, you could just schedule a month's worth of, You could do a scheduler, a buffer, or Hootsuite, and Edgar, right? you know, schedule it out. If that, if showing up every day, is hard for you. Pick a day, schedule the entire month and then it'll be on autopilot. But I do think you should also go back and when people comment on things, comment on their comments, you know, engage and start up a conversation. I can honestly say that my Facebook group has given me, I've gotten more clients from my Facebook group than I have anywhere else. Wow. So, yeah, because you're the expert, like it's your group. So show them that you're worth investing in. Um, and something I do that I think works really well is I do video in my group, and I do those too. It's really important because they know who you are. Yeah, weird quirks. I talk with my hands a lot, and they know that when I get on video, that's what they're getting. So if they're looking to work with someone, they kind of already know me. Like they already know my personality. They already know like what my priorities are. They already know how I work and how I talk. Um, and it's just a really good way to put yourself in front of a group of people who could possibly be. Clients.
1: Wow, that's so true because a lot of my clients are in my Facebook group. They show up for my videos. It's kind of scary. Out there It is. I don't do much videos. I do um weekday prompts. That's what I do to keep it going and to keep it engaged. Because I use Trello. So I'm very visual and then I can see my whole week. I can see the pictures. I put it in the form of pictures and everything. I know Dana from Boss Mom. He has a really good tutorial on how to use it.
0: Yeah, I have not jumped on the Trello train yet. Everyone loves it and everyone talks about how great it is. is. I was actually interviewing someone for my podcast the other day and she's like, I love Trello. And I was like, I I just need to figure out Trello.
1: (laughs) So let's go into um, Facebook
0: ads. Oh my gosh, Facebook ads. So if you can get a Facebook ad to convert well, it's a really good way to build your email list. Industry standard says that if you can get it to convert at $4 an email address, you're doing well. That's something to think about. But $4 an email address, you can get a pretty good amount of email addresses for a relatively low cost. So it's a great way to get people who you normally wouldn't come across on your email list. And your email list is vitally important. That is how you can really grow... As a business owner, and if you're doing a launch for a group program or something like that, having a thriving email list is really quite important.
1: Yeah, I hear that. That's the number one thing you should focus on is growing uh, your email list.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How would you say someone should do a Facebook ad? I did one the other day because I just did one just to test it out because Facebook was like, oh, this one is really converting. And it was a video that I did, but it, there was no call to action really or anything. I just wanted to test it out, test out the waters how would you say you should set up your Facebook ad?
0: So your Facebook ad should be number one done in power editor. That is the most powerful way to do a Facebook ad. If you boost a posts, it's it's not worth the money because it just doesn't convert as well as power editor does. So in the power editor, you should do an ad that is an opt-in. So a super valuable freemium for your target market. So it should be geared very specifically towards your target market and adding a lot of value to them. So telling them, showing them why you're the expert in the field. So you know them through and through, and you know them so well that you have this really valuable resource for them that you would love to give them. So doing a Facebook ad for a free item is what I recommend. I find that Facebook ads for like, hey, buy my course doesn't work. They don't work as Well, because the whole idea of a Facebook ad is to really expand your market, to expand your reach and expand your influence. So telling someone to buy something from you who you don't know or who don't know you, you don't have that interest factor yet. So you need to develop that. And you can develop that through your opt-in and through your email sequence that follows your opt-in.
1: Oh, wow. So we have the Facebook group, the Facebook ads. Now, what would be one more thing that you would recommend?
0: Emailing your list often. So emailing your list twice a week. If, yeah, <laughs> twice. you got <laughs> to nurture that relationship. So if you're constantly giving them value through your social media posts, but also through your email, that's one more way that you can get in front of your target market.
1: Okay, so when you put a, a newsletter together and you're doing twice a week, I mean, what would someone... Fill it
0: with, you know? I encourage my clients to do a blog post. So just turn it into an email. So offering something that's insanely value filled and every single email doesn't have to have a call to action. Like you could just leave it at, Hey, here's this blog post I put on the Huffington Post. Enjoy. Or whatever it is, you know? Do you put the whole article in there? Because I do that. I do once a week. Yeah. Once a week, I think is great. I say twice a week because I just think it gets you. You could do it in the beginning and the end of the week. I think that works well. That's what I prefer. Okay, so let's say you're a Huffington Post blogger. I wouldn't put the entire blog post in the email. I would link to Huffington Post and maybe in the body of the email talk about like a introduction to the blog post, something like that. But you know, if you're not a blogger, you could turn your email your emails to your list into a blog. So you could have a blog post in the body of your email. You could say I've opened up three spots for calls this week. Who wants a consult call? Things like that, like nurture your list. So give them ways to connect with you. So give them ways to learn more about you. You could link to Facebook. You could link to Instagram. Always be cross-promoting.
1: Wow. Okay, so we have those. Those are great actionable tips. Let's go deeper into the newsletter. So I know you said once or twice a week is good. And you say it doesn't have to be a call to action or anything like that. It just has to be valued, filled, like
0: a blog post. Right. So, the purpose of your email list is to build your know, like, and trust factor so that when you do have a launch, it's kind of a no brainer. I saw Gary Vaynerchuk speak, and I will never forget this. And after being like berated for about an hour, (laughs) um, it was like the best um, (laughs) yelling session I've ever heard. (laughs) he berated us for an hour about how like lazy americans are and how we give up easily it was a great great talk super motivating but i mean he basically insulted us the entire time which was (laughs) funny i mean it was great it was really great i don't know how to say that nicely but he did he kind of insulted us for an hour no i I mean i I could imagine but yeah it was good it was good it was afterwards everybody was like (laughs) "Uh, what was that but he said guilt them into buying Give them so much value that when you do try to sell them something, they're going to buy it because they are like, Well, she has given me value for six months straight. I can't imagine what she's going to give me if I pay her.
1: Yeah, that's what I hear. And that is so true. And not only that, they can get it all in one place and more tailored to their needs instead of them having to look and search and spend so much time doing that. I've learned that when you're in a business, there are so many hats that you wear. Um, so many things that you need to do. And I think one of the greatest things is that you can invest in yourself with hiring someone such as yourself, a professional or investing in yourself in hiring also a VA outsourcing and everything like that. I totally get it. I did one greatest thing that I ever done in my whole entire life was outsourcing, cleaning my house. Honestly, it was like the best yeah. experience I ever had. Yeah.
0: So I have not had that. I outsourced dinner. So three days a week, we get, it's called plated. It's like the ingredients for a meal delivered to our house.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Because I end work around five. My husband comes home around five and my son comes home around five or my son wakes up from his snack around five. So everything happens at five o'clock at my house and it's super, super stressful. And I don't enjoy cooking anyways. So outsourcing dinner has been a game changer for me. I'm not stressed out about it anymore. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds silly, but like, no, it's it not made a big big. difference. It is,
1: it is. I was like, my first employee should be cleaning ladies.
0: <laughs> I thought that was the
1: biggest weight off my shoulder. I didn't even know I had that weight. You know? It really made yeah. me be more productive and more focused. I mean, I was like, whoa. I did do a VA before I hired someone to clean my house. But then I was like, man, the first thing that you should really do is hire someone to clean
0: your house, then you get a VA. <laughs> oh, yeah. My next step is hiring someone to edit my podcasts and to upload them and all that. To I iTunes. that now. Yeah. <laughs> The podcast is great. I love my podcast, but it's a lot of work. <laughs>
1: How are you editing? <laughs> like, I put it in GarageBand. GarageBand. How is that?
0: I like it. It's easy.
1: I still have yet to find an editing tool. I've um, been looking at Pat Flynn's website on podcasting. Have you heard of him?
0: Yeah, yeah. I like him and I took a podcasting course. It's a free course from John Lee Dumas. Oh, wow. Does- you got to
1: send me the link. We got to put that in the show notes. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And he does the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast and he does a podcast every single day of the week. So I was like, yes, I should learn from him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, he is on fire.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's awesome. I love that podcast too.
1: So as far as your podcast going, how can people find you and your podcast?
0: Sure. So the podcast is called Life by Design. So you can find it in iTunes. And it's about redefining the term having it all. So I interview mompreneurs one-on-one and we talk about what having it all looks like for them. And I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. Yeah, I, I love that. It is so much fun. I'm having
1: a ton of fun. What are the three main tips that you would give to someone just starting off? As an entrepreneur?
0: Sure. So niche down. Find out what your niche is, find out who your target market is, and know them through and through. Because if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. When I first started my business, I was afraid to niche down because I was afraid that I would isolate people. It's actually 100% not true. You will not isolate people, it will tell people that you are not their person, and that's good. That saves you a lot of heartache. Like, you're not going to appeal to everyone. So when you niche down, Be aware that people who are not in your target market, they might still want to work with you. I would bet about 33%, let's say 33% of my clients I work with are not moms. And that's fine. They just understand my priorities. If my kid is sick one day, I'm going to cancel on them. And they understand that. So just make sure that you're not necessarily going to work with your ideal client all the time but they need to understand the priorities that you have. That's my number one advice. Number two advice would be get familiar with Facebook ads because I really think they can do a lot for you and for your business. <laughs> yeah, They're they're, so complicated. Complicated. They are. they're super complicated and you're going to throw a lot of money at them at first and it's not going to work and that's fine. <laughs> you need to understand that but keep trying because I have an ad right now converting at $1.41 a conversion. So I'm doing really well. Like I'm only paying $1.41 per email address and that's awesome. And they are warm leads. Like they are people that are interested in what you have to say. So that's a good thing. I'm
1: sure it's the way you structured it.
0: Yeah. The opt-in that I'm offering is really valuable to the target market. So have a really valuable opt-in and figure out your Facebook ads. And then the third thing is hire a business coach. They're going to save you a lot of heartache. So find one that you like and that likes you. And you guys have good chemistry because he or he is going to challenge you and you need to be open to those challenges. So you need to make sure that you and your business coach are kind of on the same page and you have chemistry for lack of a better word. And yes, hiring a business coach is expensive and it's scary and it can be stressful, but... In the long run, they will save you a ton of time and money in the long run. Oh yeah, I know that. That is the truth. <laughs> first starting out, that can be really hard to understand. It can be really hard to be like, hey, I'm going to spend $5,000 on a business coach. Yes, that amount of money is scary, but the long-term is going to be so much better for you. You're going you're to be so much less frustrated. You're going to see progress a whole heck of a lot quicker. And they're going to hold you accountable. So on days where you know, it's kind of easy sometimes to take a break being an entrepreneur because you don't have a boss. It's not like there's someone standing over you saying, you need to do this. But your business coach is going to hold you accountable. So in those early days of starting your business, it's really important to have that support.
1: One of the things that I'm pretty good at is helping them brand themselves. And I think that's so super powerful. It took me years to understand that once you put yourself out there, you're a brand. Now how strong that brand is, is up to you.
0: Right. It tells your target market so much about you.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the things that I know your clients are super happy that they've worked with you. When you're in this as a business coach, I know that you're pretty confident in what you have to offer because you know the years that you're saving them. They go through the hard times a lot quicker because there's going to be moments you're going to cry. There's going to be moments (laughs) that you're going to want to give up. (laughs) And you help them reach their goals quicker, move through those hard transitions quicker and not make as many mistakes. That can really cost them
0: right and your business coach has been in your place before they've been there they may be not there right now and they shouldn't be you should hire someone who's better than you or more successful whatever your definition of success is but they get it they understand where you're coming from they've been there but it's also their job to push you out of that they're going to challenge you but at the same time they're going to be there for you if and when because it's going to happen when you fail so It's just a really necessary thing. It really is. You need to work with a coach. And I am continually investing in a business coach. I constantly am working with a coach because if I, as a business coach, want to grow as an individual, it's important that I'm continually investing in myself and back into my business because my business is me. Like, I am my business. So by me working with a coach continually, it makes me better. And because of that, I'm able to raise my prices. Like I know that sounds kind of superficial. Right on, (laughs) Yeah. If you expect people to invest in you and your services, you need to invest in other people's services. Like you need to be continually investing back into your business. That's how you get better results from your clients. I
1: don't have a business coach, but I have a life coach. Oh. Yeah, he's awesome. I have my hard times. I know where I'm hard at and she pushes me. She gets me through those bumps that I may have, but she helps me with personal growth because it's about leadership. It's about pouring into others as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Alison. Thank you for
0: being on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. See you later. See you later. Bye.